Hello everyone, I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places everyone, it's time for... The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show! Thank you, Places. Yeah, thank you. Um, what are we working on tonight here, Matthew? You mean the craft project? Yeah, what is our craft project? Our craft project tonight is involving something biblical. It is a coloring page again. It is a coloring page. It involves a kiss. It involves the Bible. It involves um, a, 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 a episode out of our life that happened 23 years ago. Correct. Um, and we're, we're going we're gonna to get to that later. Um, we're going to talk more about that later. But uh, for now... Um, we're very excited about tonight's show. Um, we are going to be traveling to the West Coast, to the state of Oregon, and talking with um, an old friend, J. Robert Spencer. Um, very exciting. Yep. Um, J. Robert and I went to the same university. Uh, he had graduated one year before I got there, but uh, we did have one exciting project that we worked on together 23 years ago. Um, and then we've got an, an exciting uh, special guest coming in, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight, so I hope everyone is ready to go. Um, Steven's going to be coloring away, and um, what's that? Oh, it, oh, it's a halo. It is a halo. Yes. Oh, I get it. It's a Judas kiss. I just gave it away. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now that... It's, I, I, now that all my suspense is gone, it is a picture of the Judas kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right, we'll talk about that later. And right now, we have to take a little break. We'll be right back with J. Robert Spencer. All right. Is this any better? Try again. Hello, can you hear us? Try one more time. J. Robert Spencer, can you hear us? Yeah, that's great. It's not breaking up anymore. It's actually a clear line. Hello. Oh, good. Yeah, are there you? you are. Hey, buddy. It's great to hear from you. You sound the same, man. Do you look the same? Um, you know, after a box of hair dye and a little bit of uh, eyeliner, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. I do the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been gray, literally silver, probably since I was 23 years of age, which is when I started the uh, Shenandoah University yeah. program. Yeah, man. I remember. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been 23 years since we've seen each other. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hey, just a quick question. Did you, were you ever in Washington besides the next to normal um, arena stage gig? No, no. uh, uh-uh. no. Okay. No. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, your growing up? I understand you have what three sisters, four sisters. Yeah. Well, first of all, <clears throat> hello, Steven. Hello, Hi. Matt. <laughs> Steven's drawing a picture. You know, Bobby, we do a craft every, um, every podcast. I think we're just trying to do something different. And Steven is currently drawing a picture 
of the the uh, kiss of betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. Yes, <laughs> you know, I as one does. Yes. You know. <laughs> uh, so, what I just want to say hello first, and what was your question? Tell me again. Well, I just want to know a little bit about your uh, your youth oh. growing up before you went to college. Yeah. Where were, where were you from? Were you from all over the place? Big family, uh, small family? Yeah. My father and my mom were, uh, they met in Smyrna, Delaware. They fell in love at the age of 17. And they got married in January 17th, right? And then uh, six months later, my sister Brenda was born. So do the math on that one. <laughs> and uh, but they stayed, you know, happily married all those years. And then Pammy was born, and Kimberly, and Mary Beth, and I was actually the only boy. It's born in 1969, February 12th, on Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and we moved around a lot uh, as a as a family because of my dad's retail job. Uh, when I first remember remembering the world, I can remember it was New Jersey. I was seven years old. It was 1976. And the reason I really remember it is because it was the 200th year anniversary of our bicentennial. You know, it was 1976. We were celebrating 1776. And when you're born on Abraham Lincoln's birthday on February 12th, you know, that particular celebration was very significant. And... I can recall the, the celebration so well. I remember the vision of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and, you know, the celebration, all this stuff. So America, for me, began to make sense and blossom once I started to discover the great importance of the man whose birthday I shared, you know, President Lincoln, the 16th president the United States, the Emancipation Proclamation. And it really started a journey for me to, I believe that was a true calling even more so of the acceptance of the arts. Because, you know, in order to be the president of the United States, especially in that time, you have to be like, no, man, it, whole men are created equal. End of story. You know, that's what was written in the Declaration. And so for me, uh, I feel that I've always been uh, meant to be in the world of the arts because it's filled with diversity. And, uh, and I grew up with so much love and diversity uh, from all of the different areas I traveled and, and moved to because of my dad's job, whether it was Delaware, New Jersey, Minnesota, Texas, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, meeting you in Virginia, and then moving to New York and traveling all over the world. I have lived in a, in a world... Um, that has been based on uh, having an open heart and mind to our world and especially the world of being an artist. So I, you know, commend that to my mom and dad, whether they knew that they were doing it or not. I believe that the traveling across the, the country and having to fit in wherever you fit, needed to fit in, and good confidence thing for me, you know, in a lot of ways ended up making me the performer that I am then and today. And also, you know, it made me so aware, I think, as to the empathy that you have to have in not only our world, but in, in all the people that you get to spend time with in the world of the arts. So that was long-winded, guys. Sorry. No. And, and, and where are you living right now? In Oregon. 
in Oregon. What do you love about Oregon? I love that it's it's filled with trees and mountains. The Mount Hood is the most beautiful sight to behold when you're driving down the road. And I swear to you, man, you're, there's some days you don't really catch it because it depends on the clouds and whatnot. But then all of a sudden there's a day you're driving, you're like, holy crap, there's Mount Hood. You know, you see it and you go, whoa, there it is. Like, that's miles away right now from where I am. But none, nevertheless, there is Mount Hood. I love the outdoors. I've actually, it's interesting, you know, I'm 52 now. I just turned 52, obviously, you know, uh, last month on February 12th. Uh, and over the last several years, I've really been into more wanting and needing and feeling this energy of wanting to be outside. So I've been camping as much as I can and cooking outside. And and uh, my kids and my wife thought I was going through a, a midlife crisis, you know, when I was buying camping gear and stuff. And I'm like, you guys, hey, first of all, we live in Oregon. This is part of our earthquake equipment because when you live in Oregon, they're like, you got to have an earthquake backpack. I was like, really? Oh, great. So it's a <laughs> mixture of camping and earthquake. You know, I'm a Boy Scout. And uh, a month ago, on my birthday, we had a huge ice storm in Oregon. It was so monstrous. It shut all our power off for three days. And if I didn't have that Coleman camping stove, we wouldn't have had any food. So, you know, ha-ha to the Boy Scout. I had everything ready. I stocked up. And, yeah, we were doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the Coleman stove. So I love Oregon for its outdoorsness. Uh, and I, I saw... Yep. I saw a few. I saw a few videos of you guys cooking on the grill. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah. You know, it's I'm I'm 51. I'm just one year behind you, and I find that nature. I mean, I I love people, of course. And yeah. I love what we can what we can do with each other. But I find that nature is the one thing that really reminds ourselves of our humanness and our. Of ourselves, you know, how many times do you go someplace to the beach or in a forest or someplace where you all of a sudden just kind of sigh mm. and realize that you are a part of this beautiful journey? I, I remember one time a friend of mine says, you know, I want to visit a, um, another planet. And I said, you are. Yeah. You are visiting the planet anyway. No, um, no. Let me point. Let me do something extra with what you just said, because. I kind of, it's funny you say that there was one day in particular that I was, and it was a while ago, but it's, it was, it doesn't matter. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was looking up in the Oregon sky and there was the moon and it was daylight here in Oregon. I just woken up, I'm having my coffee, I'm waking up the crack of dawn and the moon is in the sky. And I literally said what you almost just did. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, we live on a planet. I'm literally yeah. on a planet looking at another planet. I'm like, no one ever talks or thinks that way, but that's true. Yeah, we're walking on the earth. Do you realize where we are? We're on a sci-fi movie, man. We're on a planet. Give me a break. That's yeah. crazy. I, I remember I saw those photos that uh, the Mars rover took of Earth, and it's just this little dot, and it's just so incomprehensible to see that and go. <laughs> totally. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know. I know all of us being in the arts. Um, you know, occasionally we can find ourselves in moments of reflection. <clears throat> yeah. 
where we, we kind of lose ourselves in our own egos in the sense that we have to really, really be out there constantly sort of um, putting ourselves out there to kind of, you know, create jobs and whatnot. But Bobby, I have to say, um, you really give back to the community. I, I, I see so much of what you have done when you are trying to help out an organization or a lot of your songwriting, you're always giving back either to your your church or your school or whatever. And um, I think that's just so fantastic. Uh, can you talk more about, you have an upcoming online concert coming up on March 12th. I do. It's uh, in Wausau, Wisconsin. It's going to be online and it's a fundraising campaign for something called the Ghost Light Fund. And you can donate to this at www.grandtheater.org. And the concert is March 12th at 7.30 p.m. their time, wherever. But it's the Hadley Family Trust is presenting this and it's called Streaming for All Series. And uh, it's just an opportunity for me to do an online show. I was supposed to actually go to their actual theater, this beautiful theater in Wausau, Wisconsin, one year ago in April. I was supposed to be there live and in person with my band, me doing this uh, song and dance show, right? And uh, and then COVID hit and, and it canceled. But still the, the team involved in Wisconsin contacted us a couple months ago, ago and said, can we just at least... Tr- you know, we really want Bobby to be here. Can we do an online show? We're like, yeah. So I'm actually flying tomorrow to, to Minnesota to my manager's uh, uh, recording studio. I've done a lot of my recordings of my music at, at uh, Jeff V uh, Jeff V studio in, in Minnesota. So I just said, you know, I would feel more comfortable just doing it there in the studio. You guys, you know, letting someone else take control of the wheel technically while I can just focus on the story and the music and the presentation. So I'm excited to get out of Oregon and get to Minnesota and hang with my friends for the next four days and get prepped for this online show. But it's going to be I'm really proud of the show. I'm pleased with it. I know that, you know, no one expected our world of entertainment to kind of go this route where the norm would be someone maybe sitting on their couch in their living room doing a show for you. Nevertheless, people have already kind of just said, well, that's kind of the way it is. And they're right. accepting it and loving it so much. I, I have personally, um, I've loved watching the concerts that I've seen sitting in my house, watching people talk on their shows and whatnot. Uh, everybody really has been doing what they can to keep their hearts and their souls alive and thriving with what they know best, which is to entertain and, and keep people smiling and moving forward through this. But for me, I've been blessed in the opportunity to, you know, reach out to certain uh, people and have people reach out to me where I could be of some use to just, you know, bring awareness. I was, you know, over the uh, six months ago, I I, uh, helped the Savannah Repertory Theater, you know, uh, just raise some money. And it wasn't a lot. They were like, what can we pay you? I was like, nothing. I was like, every, you know, everything needs to go into the theater. Don't worry about it. You know, you know, things like that. I mean, I don't know. I it's important to do what you can when you can when COVID hit I didn't everybody was struggling I you know Matt I know you wanted to talk about in West Virginia uh Tom Schweitzer our buddy from college you know his his whole foundation uh you know I called him up in October just saying hey Tom you know is there any way I could do a concert for your foundation you know just 
raise funds for you guys and whatnot. And he was like, actually, I am putting together a Christmas show. It's going to be a live <laughs> show with cartoon animation. I'm like, whoa, what? And would you like to be kind of the Burl Ives of this, you know? And I just randomly was like, I was just calling him just to help out. Like, can I help you raise funds for your organization? You know, I, I love to perform. How can I help? And it ended up being this great two and a half months of he and I uh, collaborating on music that he wrote and that he sent to me. And that I wanted to approach it. And I'm glad he let me do it. I wanted to, you know, George Miller... Um, uh, who did the music obviously for big river on Broadway. But before that, there's an animated film from Disney called Robin hood. And, you know, he narrates that thing. And he's the rooster in that carrying the guitar around and he did, and he's strumming the guitar. And that's what I wanted to do with Tom's piece. You know, the Rudolph reindeer with Burl Ives is iconic. We get that. And that's what we were going for. But however, I really wanted to get my guitar out and be that kind of like that that folk singer, George Miller country country guy. So I was able to take Tom's beautiful songs and just kind of put my acoustic twist on it. And luckily, he just really loved it. And the collaborative effort was so wonderful. And we had such a great time. But also, the evening... I got more out of the evening probably probably than they did. That was for me the most fulfilling evening to to having seen the final project with all of Tom's children, knowing how how his fam how the families of those children were feeling, how proud they were. And you know, Tom Schweitzer's work has been oh so important and so valuable over the last, you know, several, several, several years for these families, he's really made an impact. And so um, to be just a part of his world, to help out in the way that I knew best, which was music, you know, I know I can, I can, I can deliver my message through music. I can deliver my heart through art. And I just feel blessed that I'm able to, to have that opportunity. And a lot of times, you know, I don't make money doing it. It's not about that. It's, it's really a lot of times, Hey, you know, everybody's got to make a living, but sometimes it's not about making a living. It's like making sure that everybody else is taken care of. And if we can do yeah, that through almost, music and art, then let's do it. Go ahead. Yeah. It's almost uh, for us in our world. It's almost where um, your art if you hear snoring, my uh, eldest pug is asleep in my arms. <laughs> Edgar Allan Pug. Oh, um, stop it. Are you kidding me? Seriously? I love yeah, it. Yeah, so we much. have two pugs. No way. That's great. We have, we have, we have Edgar Allan Pug and we have Lord Byron. Love it. Um, uh, yeah, it's almost like a place where uh, you realize your art becomes almost a, a ministry in some Ooh. form of of um you know reaching others teaching others uh telling stories that can challenge others and really you know you become um you know i i my grandmother always thought i was going to be a minister growing up and that's probably a whole nother podcast but they called me a preacher growing up preacher wow and my grandmother would say things like matthew where are you preaching at next week 
And I often think of the fact that my grandmother doesn't realize, or maybe she does now, that um, I've always been some sort of minister uh, through my music or my art in trying to make change. That's right. Um, and, you know, I like I said, there's always that um, battle of our own egos when we have to, like, figure out, like, oh, I got to get my I got to get out there. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah, because um, that's part of the business, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't. Yeah. But go ahead. What are you going to say? So. Well, with that, uh, Bobby, let's talk about some of your your accomplishments because okay. you've done some wonderful, wonderful things, and uh, I'm sure you have a lot more wonderful things to come. I want to talk about our home concerts. Okay. Um, but first, let's talk about how did how did you land or how did you end up in the big uh, the Big Apple? What what took uh, you there? When I read. Did you just move yeah, there? Yeah, man. I graduated Shenandoah in 1991. But prior to my graduation, I, I, I love music. I love hard rock. And I, was, and I met these musicians at Shenandoah. So I was technically getting my degree in acting, but I was going to be in a rock band. And when we all graduated, we moved to Baltimore and we were in a hard rock band and we sent our demo out to Atlantic Records and Atlantic Records in 1992 sent us a contract. And so uh, no one else wanted to sign it. Everybody got cold feet. And I literally was like, well, shoot, man, I can't live my life waiting on four of the guys to make up their mind. Right. And so I just cut my hair and I, I dove right back into acting. And I quickly got a job on a cruise ship to save money. And I moved to New York with a wad of cash that I had saved after six months because I didn't want to have to wait tables when I got to New York. I wanted to just focus on auditioning. And so I just, the moment I got off the ship, I rolled into New York and I got a job immediately in a children's tour, which got me my equity card. So when I returned three months after that tour, I had my equity card. Now I could audition for all Broadway gigs. And then four months later, I got Cats on the road. And then after, yeah, oh, and then after right. 14 months on the road with that career and saving all that money, I moved back to New York and I did readings, workshops, readings, workshops of this and that. And I, and, uh, I was living off of that money again, so I wouldn't have to wait tables. And so I guess seven months or so went by and I was literally down to a thousand dollars in my bank. And um, I auditioned for Sideshow on Broadway in 1997. And luckily I'd actually seen a workshop of Sideshow. And when I seen that workshop, I was like, whoa, this show is like beautiful. And then there were auditions for that show. And I was like, holy crap. So I go to the open call. I've got my equity card. And I've got my Beatles songbook. And there's all these other musical theater boys ahead of me. And they've all got their, their books out. Miss Saigon, Les Mis, Chess. So every boy's going in. Every boy's going in. About the sixth whatever boy, the musical director of Sideshow, David Chase, comes out into the hallway and literally yells and scolds and goes, Listen to me. I want rock and roll. If anybody sings Miss Saigon or Chess or Lay Miss, I'm going to shoot them. And he goes and he goes back into the room and he slams the door. And so every boy is 
scampering for for new music and i meanwhile i'm holding my beatles going oh yeah baby and i went in and i sang <laughs> uh golden slumbers by the beatles you know uh, which is the all to go to song for the beatles in a lot of ways because a you know i like to find tunes that are songs people know but songs people might not have heard just yesterday you know everybody's gonna hear you right. know maybe by the beatles can't buy me love or i don't know i want to hold your hand but how often do you hear once there was a way to get back homeward you know it's right in my pocket sleep pretty darling do not cry and i will sing lullaby and i got done and he was like great what's your name i was like jay robert spencer anyway callback happened i got the gig and it opened, and then three months later, you know, in January of 1998, it closed. And I spent the next seven years unemployed doing, uh, you know, this workshop, that reading. I did a Tommy tour for three months. You know, whatever I was doing, I was writing and recording music through all of that time. And then that's when I got a call seven years later. <laughs> um from my agent saying there was this show called Jersey boys. They wanted to see me for about Frankie Valley and the four seasons. And I said, I don't want to go in for a jukebox musical. <laughs> well, no, it's not. No, Marshall Brickman who won the Oscar for Annie Hall wrote the, wrote the script. I was like, what? Des Mackinoff, the Tony award winner director of big river and Tommy is directing. Whoa. Okay. Wait, I'll check it out. And then I just, knew i read the script and i really was like holy crap this is great and uh yeah you know take it from there i mean you know i may have, I may have, I may have jumped ahead of, of your interview but i mean that's kind of like what 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 happened no who needs me no one wants to hear my <laughs> raspy voice um but bobby i got a crazy question because you know me and steve have lived in washington for how long steve too long. Too long. We lived in Washington forever. We've been here. And, but, you know, there's something so exciting. And we geek out a little bit when we see sure. any of our friends that we've either, either worked with in, on the actual Tony Awards. And I just want to ask you a question. When you perform for the Tonys and you have now what? Yeah, twice? once for Jersey Boys and then next to normal. Once for. Yeah. Uh, when you're on, on the Tony Awards that night. Do you have just one little, little more boost yeah. of nerves than normal because oh of yeah, like big Tony time. Night? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I've been on the Tony Awards three times. Come to think of it, the first time was for Jersey Boys for that whole thing. Now, if you watch the Jersey Boys OBC of that Tony performance, it's John Lloyd Young singing alone at the first top of it, can't take my eyes off of you, and then he segues into the whole cast being able to come out singing. Who loves you, pretty baby? Now the now the next yeah, year, the Jersey Boys, myself, Christian Hoff, Daniel Reichert, and John Lloyd Young, we were asked to host the one-hour untelevised PBS of the Tony Awards. When the Tonys came on an hour later on CBS, someone else was hosting, and all we did was come out and go. Earlier tonight, we gave out awards to costume design, lighting design, and blah, 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 for blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, and then Christian goes, um, here are the nominees. You know, so it was that thing. And then the following year, yeah, it was the next to normal performance. When Jersey Boys performance hit, um, 
I don't remember being nervous. Uh, when we had to do the hosting of that night, I was only a little nervous because I had written a joke and I didn't tell anybody. I was really hoping it wouldn't tank. And so, and it did, and it went over so awesome, actually. It went over great. And, uh, and what it was, was um, Harvey, Harvey, uh, Harvey Firestein was, was in the audience, and he was nominated for something that year. And the Pirate Queen was out that year, and it tanked. And so I jokingly said, <laughs> and when we come back from the commercial break, uh, we'll be seeing a romantic uh, duet sung uh, by Mario Cantone and Harvey Firestein from The Pirate Queen. And the whole place <laughs> fell out of their chair, man. And they cut to Harvey <laughs> in the audience with the camera. Now, remember, we're not on air. I am only sh- This is like an hour before it's going to be live broadcast. So I'm literally Johnny Carson for the next hour. And it was so much fun. I, I Yes, I followed the script, but I was also just improv And most of the time, I was killing it with my stand-up. So when I said this joke about it, and when we come back, Mario Cantone and Harvey Feinstein sing a beautiful duet from The Pirate Queen. Everybody falls over. The camera cuts to Harvey, who flips me off. I mean, it's just awesome, you know? <laughs> it's just like great things like that, you know? I just loved it so much. But it was the night of Next to Normal that Alice, before the screen goes up, Carrie Fisher, the late, great Carrie Fisher, is introducing us at the Tonys. We're behind the scrim, and Alice literally oh, is man. like, what's my, what's my first line? What's my, what am I, what am I? She starts freaking and Aaron's up on the stairwell waiting to be, you know, dead boy coming in. And I'm and I go to Alice. I go, hey, knock <laughs> it off, man. I was like, come on, you got this. Knock it off. Let's go. Sing from below. Let's go. Sing from below. Let's go. You know, Scrim comes up. And uh, when it starts, she's off. If you watch the Tonys, she's not on the beat. She's off. She can't hear it. And Damien Bassman, the drummer of Next to Normal, was watching with the party at a at a bar when it happened. And everybody in the bar was like, oh, no. You know, and Damien was like, sorry, man, Bobby's got this, you know, because I have to come in going, um, going, um, can you Wait. tell me? So the, I knew I was like, I got this, you know, she's off a little bit. It's not enough where the audience knows it. But if you're a diehard N2N, you know it. But Damien remembers telling me, he, I remember Damien telling me, he was like, yeah, man, I was in this bar. And everybody's like, oh, she's off. He was like, don't worry, man, Bobby's got this. So we came back in, we locked it in. And uh, I was not nervous that night, but but I remember having uh, having to uh, uh, calm Alice down for sure. And that, that, and that was your first yeah. Tony nomination? Yeah, that that must be absolutely exciting. Now, Bobby, quickly, I'm confused about next to normal. Did it? Did it? Was it yeah. at arena before New York, or did it? Do, when um, I did yeah. the workshop of it, Michael, they had it had been around for several years, but Michael Greif was assigned. He was hired to be directing it at the second stage, and I. This was the workshop. I was cast as the therapist. Brian Darcy James was the husband. I had not seen Alice Ripley since mm. Sideshow. I was a swing in Sideshow. She was the lead. So there's Alice having just come off of 
a vocal injury. She had majorly bruised cords coming back into this huge role, right? And I'm the therapist. And we get done with this amazing workshop. And I literally am like, oh, my gosh, this is the next Rent meets Les Mis. Holy crap, this is incredible. Well, Jersey Boys won't let me out of my contract mm-hmm. to go do this second stage production. So <clears throat> I am not able to do it. Fast forward to months later, Jersey Boys is like, hey, guess what? We're not going to renew your contract. You know, we're going to just clean house and pay someone less money, you know. And I, did, you know, when you look at the business side of it, that's really what was going on. I was getting paid a, a great amount of money and it was time for them to, you know, save some money. And right when mm-hmm. this was going down, I, boom, I was walking down the street and there is Brian Darcy James. Bobby, man. Hey, man. Hug. How are you? Hey. Hey, man. I just got, I'm getting let go of Jersey Boys. Are you effing kidding me? No. And he goes, listen, I'm doing Shrek. All right. I just, I'm doing it. But Michael Greif and everybody is taken next to normal to the arena stage. You really should call them right now, man. And I said, thank you. I called Tom Kitt and Tom Kitt goes, call Michael Greif. I call Michael Greif and I go, I want an audition for the husband. Well, you know, Bobby, we're still, you know, we're still seeing people for the therapist. No, Michael, man, I want the husband. Because when I was watching Brian as he's so, he's Brian Darcy James. He's the, he's a star, Mm -hmm. man. He's, he's the bomb. How many times has he been nominated? He's been nominated that many times because he's that good. But but I still knew that mm-hmm. I could do something with Dan Goodman in Next to Normal. I could do something with that role. So I go in and I audition mm-hmm. and I sing. Um, he's not here. He's not here. And I'm a mess through the whole. I'm crying through the whole audition. It's very emotional. I sing I am the one. And I leave the audition. And uh, my wife is pregnant with our second baby at the time. Our daughter, Rain, who's now 12. And, and you met your you yeah. met, and you met your wife a little side, in note, side in, show in side show. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I yep. got done with my audition. Yep. And I go up to meet her at this restaurant on the Upper West Side. And when I got uh, to the restaurant, my phone started ringing. It was my manager, and I looked at her. and I said, "Well, <laughs> I just got the job." And sure enough, luckily I got the job. And <clears throat> and um. And because of the predicament with Jersey Boys, you know, them, you know, letting me go, it was a real punch in the gut because, you know, there you are. You know that that this company was in the red, that La Jolla Playhouse needed a show like this to resurrect themselves, that the Dodgers themselves, the producers needed to resurrect themselves, that they had not had a lot of success in recent years with their shows. This show, Jersey Boys, was going to change all that. And all I wanted to do was ride it yeah. out like Cats or Les Mis. I loved the show. <clears throat> but, hey, they switched it on me, and it was the greatest thing. And even though I did not win that Tony Award, the, the morning that I heard my nomination, that's all I needed. I didn't need to win. That was winning enough. I was so like, yeah! You know, to those people that yeah. had done that yeah, to me. It just made me feel such a a moment of yes. 
and I didn't need to win. I had such a good time in the carpet and the luncheons and the dinners and hanging out with Jeff Daniels and James Gandolfini and all these amazing people. You're it's crazy. You know, it's insane. Yeah. Right. Thanks. That's the word, man. Hey, my producer, uh, here in my kitchen is looking at me and saying, hey, get on with it, Connor. I am not. So here, here, I, I want to just talk about real quickly that we, we watched Sun. Sun. The horror movie. Sun or Sun? Sun, yeah. We watched Sun. Um, gosh, the, yes, the lead actress is fantastic. He's a really nice person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, we loved it. Steven's a huge horror film. Uh, film <laughs> geek with like every horror film downstairs possible. Um, and you were fantastic okay. in it, Bobby. Is yes. it, um, before we, before we go to a break, cause what's going to happen is we're going to hang up with you and then we're going to rejoin a conversation okay. so we can bring in our special guest tonight. But, um, I want to want you to point out where to find you. Where can we find you? Where can we buy your music? How can we help you survive this COVID thing? Do you get money every time? Yeah, I'm not sure sun? about <clears throat> well, the sun thing was just kind of like a, work for hire deal it was a great great opportunity and it came at a at the right time is all i can say a year ago we were literally we got done filming that thing uh right now you know i have a lot wow. of music on spotify and pandora and itunes and apple and youtube if people just go to jrobertspencer.com or even J. Robert Spencer and the music a lot of this music i have uh i actually recorded years ago in my um, tour manager's studio in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And um, I never got the chance to release it because, you know, I had planned on it years ago, but my dad passed away. It was really heavy time and, and a lot of other things were going on. It was just a heavy time. And then when COVID hit, I, that's when I was like, you know what? It's time to start releasing all this music. So I just started releasing rather than an album because people don't buy albums anymore people are like hey if i like that song i'm getting that song so every now and then every three to four months for the last year i've released a single after single after single so i've got a song called live it high we've got open outside with the windows rolled down holding on for dear life my christmas song waiting on christmas so really i'm really proud of the music i've actually recorded and written over the last several years i've written a lot of music over the last 30 years and i've i've been a songwriter for all that time <clears throat> i've had two songs through this course of years that you know got publishing deals they never got any uh buddy to sign on to it but you know what i'm kind of an onion there's a lot of layers to me that have gone on some successful some not but as an artist i've really always been out there using and utilizing every gift I've been given to the greatest uh, ability that I can. And uh, and this music I, I've written, I feel, in the last several years is my best ever. It's my most honest. Um, I'm really most proud of, I have to say, Waiting on Christmas, my Christmas song. I just I just love that song. It's just a, it's what I wanted. I wanted a very Michael Buble, Harry Connick, big band kind of feel. And um, when I was in uh, New York City in December of 2019, that's when I was promoting that song. And that's when I got the audition for this horror movie called Sun. I literally was just in New York promoting my 
music. I had no intention of doing anything. And then my manager was like, hey, I got you on audition for tomorrow. I was like, tomorrow? You know, this was at midnight. I was like, is it midnight? So I go in right. and I audition for the doctor. Right. And I literally had only had a couple of hours and whatever. But anyway, I'm here in Oregon. COVID is is hitting, you know, it's January. It's it's like top of February of 2020. And I get this call like, hey, you're going to be in Cleveland, Mississippi to shoot this horror movie for two weeks. So I was like, what? I was like, why? You know, I auditioned for that thing on December 19th. They're like, well, they just decided. I was like, geez, you know. But gosh, it was exciting to be there on the set right. and to be on an actual shoot for two weeks and have everybody pamper you. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, um, I, I listened to Holding On For Dear Life like three times last night. It's, it's my new Thank theme you. song to get me through the rest of this uh, pandemic, although I guess it's not going to leave. But um, Stevie, you want to you want to. Yeah. So yeah. so, Bobby, we're, what we're going to do is we're OK, um, take, take a little break here. You'll get another another invite. And sure. We'll Isn't, in, uh, what do we have? Like five, ten minutes. Uh, what do you need? Me ten minutes. <laughs> we can give we can give you an equity ten. Yeah, and we'll just what we'll do is we'll come back with the guests first. You right, just yeah, pop I'll, in yeah, when absolutely. you're ready. Thank you guys. Sounds good. Love it. All right. No problem. Bye. We'll see you in a bit. Hello, 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 Larry. Hey, how are you? I'm great. This is Steven. Um, Hi, Steven. We're, we're here with Larry Alexander. Here's Matthew. Hi, Larry. Hi, Hi Matthew. How you doing? Oh, who cares? Who are we kidding? My God. <laughs> um, so Bobby is on an equity 10. Um, <laughs> will join us just a moment. And I just wanted to check in with you first because we're a little bit late getting to you. Sorry, there were some technical issues at the top of our um conversation with him but no problem well and of course we haven't seen uh, bobby for 23 years and we had so well we still have so much to talk about yeah for just to give the audience some perspective um is there an audience yeah there's at least like 10 people there's like my mother yep um we uh these four individuals on this uh podcast tonight have not really spoken in the same room for 23 years we were last all four together in a two week quick like production of Jesus Christ Superstar at Matthew and I's alma mater, Shenandoah University. And in, Bobby's. And Bobby's in 1998, the July of 1998. We did the right. four person cast show. We all played all the different parts. No. <laughs> um, and just so everyone knows what was going on in 1998, three things. There were more than three, but here's three big highlights. The Monica Lewinsky scandal was the big news of the day. Titanic was the top film and soundtrack of the year. And this one hurts. Gas was a dollar and six cents a gallon. Oh, my God. And you know what? Speaking of Titanic, I was late for the first day of rehearsal because I had an audition for Titanic in the morning in yeah. New York and then drove straight to, to, the, to uh, Virginia. Wow, that that must have been a very flustering kind of day for you then. It was a little crazy, but it was it was fun. Oh, that glorious music of the Titanic. Ugh. It was fun. I didn't get the job, so it's not that glorious. 
<laughs> well, should we save all of our superstar talk for with Bobby? Because I have a few funny things to talk about. Absolutely. Um, Larry, what have you been doing since 23 years ago? <laughs> wow. Uh, That's well, broad. Um, Are you a still lot. in New York? No, I live in Sarasota, Florida now. Um, uh, bought a house down here in like 2001. And uh, my husband and I moved down here full time in 15, but I've been working down here pretty much nonstop since like 2002, 2000, 2003. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just kind of all over the state. Um, there's, there's a lot of, lot of really good work in Florida. So I've been mostly down here. Yeah. And lots of people kind of move south as they get older and whatnot. So therefore, I'm sure there's lots of regional dinner theater, lots of just little theaters everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of really good small theaters, um, particularly around this area on the on uh, my coast. Uh, on the East Coast, the theaters are bigger and um, tend to do larger shows. But uh, but the quality of work down here is really quite good. Um, there's only one dinner theater, as far as I know. It's a non-equity theater, but uh, but there are a lot of smaller theaters that do really, really nice work. So that's p- pretty much what I've been doing since for the last 20 years. And I, I guess being that you're in Florida, the, the fact that it's warmer helps just the quality of life. Oh, the quality of life is quite nice. I had all my windows open today. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, I was working outside, so it's you know it's great. I mean, since since last March, it's it's been a lot of lot of stuff at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And and how have you like fared through the COVID year that has been? Like, what have you and your husband been up to? Um, well, I I was actually I was rehearsing a new an original musical um, in March, and we got shut down. And we all thought, oh, it'll be two or three weeks, maybe a month, and we'll be back. Well, here we are. Um, mm. And I, I t- uh, taught myself how to play the guitar, and I've been doing a lot of writing. And uh, we go to Tijuana Flats on Tuesdays and Thursdays for tacos and burritos. That's our <laughs> big, that's our big out, outing. Um, but that's not it. We, we've been staying home, reading, reading a lot, writing a lot. Uh, we've actually kind of enjoyed it because we get along so well. We enjoy each other's company so much. So, you know, I mean, it's horrible what's going on in the world, but we've actually, we've been okay kind of being home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned been, how to bake. You've, you've learned how to bake? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've always been sort of the cook in our little tribe here. But Absolutely. I will say the one thing that we miss is our home was always sort of the revolving door of just so many, so many friends and that it just feels kind of awkward not to have someone here right now. Like, like you are with us. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, we, I haven't seen, I haven't seen people in so long. I mean, I've been doing a lot of concerts lately since January. So I've seen people doing that. But other than that, I mean, I don't see anybody. It's, it's really, it's sad, but you know, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be over soon. Mm. And have you got your vaccination yet? Well, I have actually, I have my first shot tomorrow and then I have my second in the uh, beginning of April. Oh, nice. Yeah. We're still, we're still, uh, 
I think I, I just updated my registry. They sent me an email today. So I'm like, oh, I don't have an appointment yet, but it's, it feels a little closer. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, you... I, I was thrilled to get an appointment. Um, so it's going to be a big relief. Not that I'm going to change my habits at all, but uh, it's just good to have that little cushion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, 1998 was... Uh, I know we're, we're saving superstar stuff for Bobby. Yeah, but... I have to bring up with Bobby too. I stole my costume. I think I stole my costume too. <laughs> I stole my purple weird thing that I wore as hair. Yeah. I just will never forget one moment in tech where they gave you the bread. The props department gave you the bread to break. And it was literally a bubbly pizza shell. And they didn't break it apart. It looked like pizza had been delivered to the Last Supper. And we were in <laughs> tech. And I think you were reacting in real time to the prop that was given to you. Are you talking about this right now? Oh. This? Yes, I am talking about that. Oh, no, I, I wrote that down to save for later. Oh. Do you want to tell it now? Okay, yeah. you can tell it now. And you sang, for all you care, this bread could be my hat. And you put it on your head. <laughs> <laughs> and me we, me and Stephen, our friend Ryan, who was in the show, and Marcus, who was in the show, we still occasionally quote that little lyric <laughs> oh god yeah it was just there was so many intro I, re- I remember particularly the the performance when the cross got stuck and <laughs> i was just kind of laying there on the cross for a good five minutes and we thought well <laughs> jesus is gonna resurrect really early right <laughs> and uh it finally got settled but that was a that was one of the moments that i remembered as just being like oh my god Please, somebody, somebody fix this, please. Um, Another little known fact uh, you did not know that while you were singing your heart out um, in Gethsemane, um, all of us had little pieces of of bubbly crust to eat and (laughs) we saved them for Gethsemane. So while we were acting like we are sleeping, everyone was eating bread. And everyone was looking at each other, knowing that everyone else was eating as well. Oh my! We were like free bread. We're starving college students, you know. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, and who cares what I think. But I thought Rob and Higginbotham's choreography for the what? What do they call the tormentors? Yeah. I thought like some of her choreography for your number, Simon. um, Zealots. Yeah, Simon. I thought it was very, a very cool show. It was, yes. and, and I, I, I mean, I just remembered how um, intense the whole thing was, and how how really into it everybody was, which is so nice. Because you know, even when I did Les Mis, people were screwing around and and you know not taking it seriously in a Broadway show. So so to come to this university and work with these students and have everybody be so professional and so you know really really into it. it was such a great experience at least for me i mean i i, I remember just walking away from it thinking what a tremendous experience the whole thing was and you were in les mis on broadway you said yes well how what what period of time were you in the les mis in the new york oh my god you were all in high school i it was uh it was nine i was in les mis 91 uh-huh. and 92 
Hello. Oh, we're joined by Bobby Spencer. Are you there? I am. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, Bobby, do you have 16 bars for us? <laughs> I'm kidding. Hi, I'm Bobby. Kidding. How are you? Man, Larry Alexander, how are you? I'm, Good looking. I'm great. How's everything? You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing what we can do as parents in this world, you know, with our two kids. I mean, our, yeah, able to play cello. Our daughter's still able to play violin, piano. Um, <clears throat> I was telling Matt, I think earlier this week that. In a lot of ways, I've had to turn my world into kind of a nonprofit, writing out to people that I've met over the years saying, hey, can you help donate and give towards our kids' music program? And we've been pretty blessed that we've uh, had a lot of people donate to that fund. Our our son, Getty, is taking from Marion Feldman from, from New York City. She uh, is one of the head people and has been for years at Juilliard and the Manhattan School of Music. So... It was it was a beautiful thing to reach out to her a year ago and say, we're going through COVID. Our son needs to continue cello. And you know what she did? She gave us like a huge financial deal because our son sent in a video and, and uh, she thought that he really had something. And so she cut us this amazing deal. So in a lot of ways, as bad as it's been, we've been blessed with so many people helping us. That's continue great. what we need to do artistically for our kids. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. What's going on with you? So the four Larry, of what's us... going on with you there, man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nothing. I mean, I'm, you know, at the moment, I, I was just saying, I, I've been doing a lot of concert work in the last few months, but other than that, I haven't worked since March since, uh, you know, we all got shut down in March, but last uh, year. I can't complain. You know, it's, uh, I, you know, all things considered, we fared very well, so I can't complain. I really yeah. can't. You know, I'm very lucky. We're very blessed to, uh, you know, to, to have good weather and to just kind of really, you know, as I said before, we get along so well, my husband and I, that, that it's just been, it's not been terrible for us at all. We've, we've actually enjoyed oh. it. So good, man. Where are you, where are you guys uh, located at? Sarasota, Florida. I knew it, man. I knew you were in Florida. I knew that. And, uh, you know, through the years of Facebook, that's been, you know, the blessing of Facebook really is staying connected with people, whether you can comment or whatever day. If you can't do it every day, regardless, you know, watching you over the years, how beautiful your hair has gotten so gray and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I, I knew you were in Florida. That's yeah. great. I got to tell you a really quick story. I did um, after you did Next to Normal. Um, I did a production in Florida. And so, of course, as a reference, I listened to you every day for a month. So, oh, man. So I got to tell you how, how, much, how much joy I got out of listening to your recording every day. Oh. It was just fantastic. Oh. And, and to have that connection that we had was just, it yeah. was just so lovely. What are you doing now? Oh. Some, they, you're on an Equity 10? Did I hear? <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I we put Bobby on an equity 10 so we could chat with you. Oh, I got it. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I'm a little slow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a professional podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Larry, when we all did at Shenandoah, when we all did Superstar together, how old were you? Um, let's see. Uh, it was 1998. So. Gosh, it I was, was 98. I was 30. 39, 38. 
Oh, so you were older than Jesus. <laughs> you had I, I am older than, than Jesus. I've always been older than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great Jesus. Gosh, oh, I love that production. Wasn't that thanks. a great so production? Fun. The, the only the only problem, the only problem with that production is that if you look at just the production, it was stellar. The problem is that that was the very first year and the very first attempt at them trying to use audio. Mm-hmm. Remember, the audio was just a major malfunction. The oh, you mean the mics? Yeah. Yeah, the mics, the sound system just didn't work back in the day in that moment. But other than that, you know, man, it was a dream come true to do that show for me. Oh, God, I agree. It was, it was I remember my audition like it was yesterday. And I remember, I just me. remember the whole experience. It was just fantastic. Aw. It was also the first summer in the new theater. So right. there were so many things oh, that's to right. work that's out. Right. And the, the show that opened the theater right before that was The Wizard of Oz. Right. And we notoriously were... We use heavy haze in that, of course, <laughs> and the the fire alarms. Oh my would gosh! Go off, you're right. You know, it was it was a nightmare. But um, um, Stephen, you were Simon Zealot. I was. Joy Doing was Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was King Herod. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was uh, Pilate? Fitz. Fitz. Fitzgerald. No, that's you're thinking Hank Fitzgerald. Uh, oh, Fitz Harris. Fitz Harris. Yeah. And then who else was in the show? Um, it well, yeah, you, you I can pretty much have hit all ago. the stars. I mean, really. Yeah. I was <laughs> I, I was saying to Larry earlier, Bobby, that I stole my costume. Except good. Oh, that's fun, dude. <laughs> my costume was a diaper and a moo. I bet you still fit in it, don't you? You still fit in it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's a schmada. It's easy to fit in one of those, you know. <laughs> I, I, you guys don't know this about me, but I'm totally obsessed with Superstar. I used to have every single cast album or concept album I could f- put my hands on. I had the Australian wow. version. I had the all-female version. I had the Indigo Girls version. That was the all-female. Okay. Wow. I <laughs> um, because I love the fact that the show is completely about um, sort of mass hysteria a la the crucible, but where people just kind of get on board with an idea of someone being it's celebrity. Evil. Yeah. It's celebrity. It's um, a great piece of music I too. I mean, just as a piece of music, it's amazing. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's probably, you know, bum 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 to down to down to dun dun dun. It's just I think the strongest opening of a musical theater piece ever i just don't know what there's so many great openings don't get me wrong but that one just i don't know man it's just it's iconic it's exciting too yeah. you hear that opening and you just get excited you oh, know something yeah, really cool man. is gonna happen you do. you do larry and you know what you too if i can just kind of like um stroke your egos for a second you two literally brought the bar so high in that production that I think everyone else, everyone else just really followed the seriousness of the work. I mean, Bobby, your uh, complete transformation from, you know, a, a person into Judas and Larry, your beautiful voice oh, yeah. and the journey of Christ and, you know, 
you both were just such amazing people to work with in that show. And I will say, you know, I'm now 51 years old. Me and Steven have been there, done that. But there's, you can't really say that for, I mean, we can talk about shows and there's shows all yeah. of us have been here. You think, oh, well, that was, that was a stinker. I want to, I want to add to what you said though. The, the thing about Larry Alexander, truly, when he came into, <clears throat> when he, when he was in the, when you're in the presence of working with Larry, there really was this classy vibe. Oh, that's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Right? He had a classy vibe. He had His a Jesus vibe. He had a was yeah. beautiful and not, and we were like, whoa. Didn't, you know, for me, knowing the Ted Neely and then hearing the Larry Alexander, like I was never disappointed with anything that was generating through that, man. It was just so oh, very sweet. amazing. No, truthfully, I always felt like I had to, what you said, Matt, I had to up it because I thought Larry, and I think Larry is, is all that. He brought such class, I felt, and aristocrat, to Shenandoah by being in our production. I really felt that. Oh, well, that's very sweet. I, I was just saying, Bobby, before you got there, that that I was so unbelievably impressed when I got there at the at the uh, the focus and the professionalism of the entire cast. Because, you know, I, coming into a school, you don't know what to expect. Right. But I mean, I was so impressed and I was so I felt so incredibly fortunate to work with all of you. I mean, it was a great, it was real. I'm telling you from my audition to the closing night, it was just an amazing experience for me. And, and I loved working with you guys and Bobby, particularly we had, I mean, we had, I remember we giggled a lot during rehearsal. <laughs> I remember laughing a lot at, at oh, certain yeah. points, but, and, uh, but it was fun. It was so much fun. And, and, and Hal was really fun to work with. I was just going to say that. I'm glad you did. I was going to say it was great. I'm glad. I'm sure all of us are so glad because all of us at Shenandoah are so proud of Harold and Lindy and how we were able to learn under them. And uh, I'm so glad that you got to experience Harold, too. I'm really glad about that. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And, and like I said, the audition was such a, an incredibly positive wonderful experience that I, uh -huh. that, you know, I knew that I knew I was a good hand. So I knew uh -huh. I was very excited about getting there. Well, I sure loved it, man. It was a dream come true for me to do that show. Just, just while I could, you know, <laughs> and, and I, it's, if I, I remember it. Bobby, tell me if I'm wrong, but I remember, didn't you propose during superstar to your wife? Oh man. I was I, in, I was at some point I was in Finian's rainbow I, I was, it was after, it was after Superstar and I got in fitting. It's hard to remember. Like, it's really hard to remember calendar wise what happened. But I remember I, I, I had a ring during, after Finian's Rainbow. I was, it was around Christmas time. So no, no, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I talked to you about it, but no, I did not. We, you, you and I must've spoken about it. Cause I remember you saying that you were so nervous and, and, and I was like, <laughs> Why are you nervous? You, you know she's going to say yes. Oh, you know what? I truly but I, did I not. Just remember I remember that whole conversation. I, I didn't propose to her until uh, around Christmas time, you know. So that's funny because we did a summer show together. So no, no, I hadn't even 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 uh, proposed to her at all. But I definitely had been thinking about it, obviously. We must have talked about it later. We had to have, I guess, man. <laughs> oh.
question. Did, did have either of you done Superstar since? No, no, no. I auditioned for it a couple um, of times, I, but I, I, I haven't done it. I did, I did it here in Washington. Matthew is the only one of the four of us who has done it a second time after that. Yep, and I, I learned from uh, Bay Robert, and I played the part. And how, how different was it? Um, well, it was very different. This was a company who embraced um, people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it, it was. And, and it, yeah, people in wheelchairs. People, it was all different. It was a blend of professional uh, folks of all different kind of um, and that, handy capabilities. Yeah, and I actually had my entire track signed uh, with, uh, for me, beside me, while I was singing oh, the entire... Whenever anyone was singing... Yeah, we had someone signing with us, and um, yeah, it was definitely a different show. I mean, they took such different. Um, it was set like contemporary. It was kind of set at, at the Capitol, mm -hmm. and I was Ouch. shot. It wow. was. It was. Oh no! I committed suicide, didn't I? Yeah. With a gun. Instead of hanging mm -hmm. yourself, that's a cool oh, little twist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the great um, thing about the show is yeah. it's open to so many different interpretations. You can really do a lot with it. Right. Yeah, I went into the audition. I went into the audition. This famous uh, star here in D.C., Trace Oliveira, was the music director, and and I said, I, I'm just here to audition for King Herod. That's all really I can do. I mean, I've got six notes that I can turn into eight notes, kind of like Madonna. <laughs> and and she said, Matt, I, I want you to to audition for Judas. And I said, I, I can't sing Judas. And she said, Well, just try. And I I got down on the ground and I sang. Um, heaven on their minds into the ground right, so right. i wouldn't have to look at anyone and i and i, and I hit the notes <laughs> well that's great he more than hit the notes he was oh, fantastic yeah. and now i'm still renting in arlington <laughs> hey, hey you know matt well, now anyways, you're gonna have to listen here's the thing you know you're just going to have to now for the next year figure out how what play what can i do with larry and bobby like a two-man thing, if there's anything out there with a two-man thing, how can Larry and Bobby get back together in some kind of DC theater uh, event in, within the next year through all this COVID? So that's your agenda. Find something for Larry and I to do, a two-man something, and uh, make it happen. Oh, my God. That would be so much can, fun. Be me, awesome. me, and, me, and, me and Steven can make it happen here. We just put things out to the universe and they just <laughs> okay. It better be good. And it better I, be I good. think we I can can't do anything with cheese on cracker. Can't do it. <laughs> no, well, I was thinking of the odd couple, you know, something tried and true. Uh, hey, Bobby, you were you were in you played Sarasota with with your three I did. guys. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I've been through. I've been. I love Florida because I was we've been there a lot. I think I was on the other coast because I missed you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been through there a lot, whether it's been PACs or I was there two weeks ago for a private social distance party. Um out of the blue, you know, we've been our concerts and private events have been canceled since last March. But there's right. been two things that have occurred for the Midtown men. Uh, we were able to do a social distance New Year's Eve gig at a casino in Arizona, which was great. And then I just we just did a social distance 70th birthday party and we opened for Nelly. Oh, wow. Can you believe that crap? Oh. I can't. Sometimes I go, 
how did my business with the Midtown Man turn into that? Oh, by the way, Nelly's coming on after you. I'm like, excuse me. Well, you guys, you guys are much better than Nelly. Sorry. <laughs> Don't say that. He is a six-time platinum award-winning rap artist, man. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying you guys are better. You he should you're be right. open for I, you. You're right, Larry. You're actually right. You know what? You not. <laughs> I thought someone was calling me Nelly, so I was confused for a second. No, you're in the group, the Nellies. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's you know, this is true, though, man. A couple, I'm saying, I'm saying this about five years ago. My business, the Midtown Men. Um, you know, we listen. We've been really fortunate. I'll, I'll sidetrack for a second, but before I do, another huge gig we got was again a huge private birthday party many years ago. We opened because the guy that was turning seventy was this oil tycoon that saw Jersey Boys on Broadway probably 20 times. When he Jeez. found out the midtown men were the original Jersey Boys, he hired us for his 70th party. So we're in San Francisco five years ago in Napa Valley under this huge tent with all these huge you know, names and whatnot doing with our band our 30 minutes of 60s music. We leave, we get martinis, and then Jason Mraz comes on, and then Bruno Mars. Oh my God! We're out in the now back. I love wow. Bruno Mars, dude, man. We're out in the back with in the in the vans with Bruno Mars's band. Our whole band. Oh. We're all hanging out, having drinks, and just chatting because musicians are musicians. At the end of the day, no matter how many yeah. Grammys or how many whatever you have. We were all so chill and just hanging out. And that's been the crazy world of the Midtown and that people don't know. And the blessing we've had is like the heartbreak of our community has been that everyone's out of work. Yes. But for my business, I went out. I was fortunate enough to have a, you know, like they say, you got to have a gimmick. Well, my gimmick <laughs> is for original stars of Jersey Boys singing 60 music with the Midtown men, you know, Frankie Valley. But now. Mamas and the Papas, the Turtles, the Zombies, the Rascals, the Beach Boys, the Monkeys, the Beatles, right? And yeah. and so there we are. And, um, you know, the thing that I've been blessed about is that this particular business, through this pandemic, we've been able to uh, be helped out through the stimulus plan with the PPP loan, right? And I know right. that there's one of those situations where you're looking at all these friends of ours that are Broadway performers, they don't have that luxury on the side. I've been so blessed that we decided, hey, let's start this rock and roll kind of touring band. And through this pandemic, it's actually helped us out, whether we knew it or not, where, you know, this particular business as self-employed, entrepreneurial and a business has been helping us get through this, you know, and uh, I just don't know how... Everybody else is 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 getting by, and it it's just like it's hard. I I, you know, everything's shut down for everyone. So, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, it's just devastating because it's a trickle effect as well. Yeah. Because it's not just you know it's everybody. So in some in some way, you know, everyone's screwed. So it's it's you know there's a little more i guess empathy but but yeah it's just it's terrible you don't think about the the janitors in the theater and the concession people in yeah. the theater and the box office people i mean everybody is and i'm just talking about theater yes. not restaurants and et cetera, et cetera. but yeah i mean i'm glad you guys were able to you know pull you know pull something out of it 
um, yeah. it, it, there's just nothing going on. I mean, it, you know, like I said, I've been doing some concert work, but but just small stuff. But right. theaters are getting very creative. A couple of theaters in Florida are doing drive-in shows, and uh, you know, it, people are doing what they can to survive. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm hoping this is going to start winding down real soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I wish we could spend the whole night. I wish we could spend the whole Speaking night talking down. about being depressed and unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, exactly. do I wish we could continue well, this we... conversation. Let's keep going. But with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we love you both. Uh, 23 years ago, we were all together. Yeah. Fun little fact, Matthew and I got together just a few months after that in the fall of uh, 1998. So this was this past, uh, I guess, February was our wow. 23rd That's anniversary. So, so reaching back, it feels like 25. Yeah, 25 in the last year. Um, but but you guys hold a special place in our hearts. We look up to you both and respect you incredibly. And Thank you so much for joining us in this little catch up and let's not make yeah. it. Yeah, thank you. Years, Cause it right? was such a great, it was such a really wonderful experience. It's so great to relive it a little bit. Yeah. It really was a special time to get away. You guys, I really, I really needed it. And the fact that you reached out, I'm just so humbled and thankful and grateful. And Larry, I love yeah. you and blessings to you. And thanks for I love the you time back. we and, had together. You know, all the all best that. to your family, too. You too. Thank you. And to you guys, and, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, we're going to be working on that uh, second yeah, man. Uh, Larry and Bobby okay. vehicle. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Stephen. We'll talk real soon, yeah. I hope. you, guys. Love you, guys. Love you back. Awesome. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was so much fun. <laughs> we could have talked for another two hours. Well, 23 years goes by uh, in the blink of an eye. We're, we're here 23 years later talking about a show that still means something to the four of us. It was such a great experience. And not every show that you do is an experience like that. Well, and I also think that um, both of them probably have no idea. Like, like all of us do. You know, I was... Uh, not into a professional world yet you know I was just leaving school Shenandoah at the time and um, Bobby and Larry both were such role models for um, people like myself and just even talking to them tonight brought back so many memories of like um, yeah just really being honored to perform with them yeah I mean I, I Larry's Gethsemane oh my god was so incredible everything but that moment, I'll never, even though I was eating bubbly pizza crust and laying down and occasionally giggling because Marcus was doing the same thing and we would clock each other. And um, that moment was incredible. The, uh, God, Bobby's, uh, Judas's suicide, his vocals on that just ripped your heart out. Um, so incredible. Um, mm -hmm, I agree. So our art project turned out pretty good so it's a cartoon like child's uh coloring page because you know that's my artistic level i'm trying to challenge myself it's cute uh it's the judas kiss with two like uh what are they called like soldiers 
yeah that's what they're called there i was like are they centurions no they're just like soldiers mm-hmm. and i found this photo i'll post all this on the connor and smith facebook page what's the connor and smith website ah www.connor c-o-n-n-e-r smith s-m-i-t-h musicals.com so connorsmithmusicals.com that's where you can find everything about us and all this stuff we're up to including this podcast is on there um but this photo is from the cast party of jesus christ superstar i think actually no this is from the opening night of the wizard of oz because we were in rehearsal for For jesus christ superstar right 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 so this was that big gala um this is a picture of me larry alexander j robert spencer and andy bradison who played annis in superstar and so what i did is i took this picture and i tried to color j robert spencer like he is wearing a v-neck sweater with a white t-shirt underneath so i tried to keep that judas's outfit and then larry's wearing kind of a plaid button-up so I kind of did that with his outfit. And then I made me and Andy the um, soldiers and kind of copied our outfits. It's kind of silly. But when you see it with the photo, it's a teehee. Um, this whole podcast goes out to all of our SU friends and peeps. And I'm sure it's going to be funny for you to listen to and kind of reminisce. And just to hear Larry and Bobby talking again such a great show such an iconic production Robin Higginbotham's choreography was fantastic incredible yeah Um, but yeah so that's the episode uh, for we've done a lot this weekend Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a marathon and we're not stopping there's more to come this coming week Um, yep we'll just keep you posted yeah so thanks for joining us and as always turn your heart into art. art Bye. Bye.